We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands Podcast. We are on episode 76. This is our uh, second annual Black to School episode. So, uh, Dr. Cole, sir, how are you doing? Bro, I'm happy to see your face, brother. You know what I'm saying? You look good. Listen, Black, you... You look, you look good. You beautiful black man. You, they don't, they don't see us show each other love enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Yo, me as well, man. You look good too. You look like you got a tan. No, I don't. Dry snitching ass. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yo, hey, speaking speaking of dry snitching, bro, I want to address something before we get into the show. Okay. So, so the hood, the hood is the hood, right? Okay. But ain't no way in hell y'all gonna tell me that Megan the Stallion is a snitch by stating that. This dude shot her. That's crazy. Yeah, it don't even make sense, bro. It's not even. I don't even think it's. It's. We got you. I, I might have to pop up on your libation show to talk about that. That's, that's, <laughs> the form for it. that's just that's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. Uh, you shot me. What's what, what you? <laughs> that's not okay, Tory Lanez. You foul. I don't know what else happened. I don't. I need. I don't know all the details. So unless something crazy comes out that we just missing. You super foul. And um, and yeah, man, we got to protect our people, man. So, uh, Meg, I- I'm glad you're okay. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the show. What's up, Chris? Breezy, what's happening, baby? Y'all killing me. I'm just <laughs> I'm just listening to the uh, the intros. It's good, man. It's good. It's yeah. good. So, hey, we black the school, man. Let's just jump right in. Uh, well, Breezy, you didn't give an update, man. How you doing? I'm good. So I just want to tell you one thing. This is this is how it is when you're old, like my age, like old. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, so Charles, you'll be happy to know I'm driving the minivan now, right? So, so I didn't park the Impala. You know, okay. the, the fully loaded Impala is parked, and I'm full time on the minivan now. Okay. So I get in, and I, you know, eight different cords to hook up my phone so that I can play music and whatever. You know, it's you got to rig it up because because you know it's, it's not like your car, right? So you can't just step in. So I'm playing summer tunes, the the the, the playlist, summer tunes, and okay. the song comes on, and I'm just kind of like, this is kind of cool. I'm rocking it out, and uh, my wife comes outside, and my windows roll down while the kids are getting in, and she's looking at me. Like, like I'm crazy. So I'm playing, I'm playing uh, a WAP uh, um, 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 <laughs> and not knowing what I'm playing. <laughs> With the kids in the car, this is how old I am. This is like, so I thought the words were getting a little spicy at some point in, 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 in the thing. So, um, so yeah, I might be turned into child protective services, just so y'all know. <laughs> just, just so y'all know. <laughs> Not exactly minivan music, but it is what it is, man. I think you'll be okay, man. I mean, but yeah, man, I, I it's a lot that's happening and it's, that's crazy, man. I really, I'm really glad that everybody's okay, that she's okay. She shouldn't have to go through that. Um, it's a lot of craziness in the world and, uh, my God, we are um, definitely comments are definitely rolling in right now uh, around the WAP comments. So between WAP and uh, Meg the Stallion and shooting and random stuff and Ray Dry Snitching and all that stuff, what what <laughs> we yeah. we fellas, let's celebrate. We have an actual second annual something. That means we've been around for over a year. That means we've been consistent. That means that we have been here for you and. Ray, I'm so glad that this is what we're talking about today. So how do y'all, how we want to start this? So this is just to kind of help you. So yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, man. So like our Black to School episode last year and this year is going to be focused on how we can help educators and parents uh, be black in these schools, man, because like it's not, it's not easy to do. It's very difficult to do. So, um, Charles, man, we 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 gonna put it on you first, bro. Uh, what should these parents be doing, man? Because uh, I I know you always saying that you know th- these parents are on their own. Yeah. So yeah. 
So let me start off. And I was saying this to you all. And I wanted to say it publicly. Uh, you know, I got some feedback because we got a lot of parents that watch us and we focus on black folks. And I was like, hey, I know y'all do a great job focusing on black folks and brown folks, but there's different classes of black folks, too. Um, that we got black folks that, you know, some some of our black folks are struggling financially. Some are well in the middle class. Some some are, are in the upper class or whatnot. Right. So I, I, I appreciated that feedback because I didn't I wanted to make sure we weren't alienating a certain sector of people that listen to us. Um and people that have made their own decisions about their kids. So a lot of my advice today, I'm going to try to like, you know, broaden it out. So some things may apply, some things may not. Right. But I think the first thing is it's a scary time. You know, I always talk about the emperor's new clothes. Just know everybody's naked. Everybody's naked. Clothes goes like nobody. What's going to happen? Everybody is scrambling. Everybody's trying to take care of their kids. So take a breath. And I think the first thing would be is to actually plan, like take inventory of what your work schedule is, what your home setup is, what you have, what you don't have. And then once you have a general understanding of where you are and what you can and can't do, then we can it, it's, it's easier to map a plan for you and your family. Yeah, that's what's up. Breezy, jump in there. No, I think that's the number one. The, the, the word plan is the thing that comes to mind first for me. You have to have a plan and you need to pull together an educational program for your kids that involves you talking to other people, uh, coordinating with folks, sharing and exchanging information with others. You don't have to try and do everything all on your own. Um, there are very intelligent, college educated people with two incomes in their household that are struggling with what with the school situation this year. Um, so we shouldn't think that anybody has got it all figured out and has it covered. Um, know what your resources are, you know, uh, um, um, and know that you don't have to do it alone. Reach out to other folks who, who, um, who can help. Yeah, man, I feel y'all because there's there's no as absolutely no reason for you to try to reinvent the world on this. <clears throat> First of all, the world doesn't exist. Like, when does this ever happen? Right. So we definitely should be reaching out to each other and building uh, a collective in terms of like, you know, how to advocate for our kids and the things that we should be doing. But I feel you know, something. I, yeah, go ahead. I do want to say like one resource that I want to point people to is um, the National Parents Union just gave out like 40 grants, uh, gave out $200,000 for people to start these independent pods for people who wouldn't normally get funded to do that. Real parents uh, mm -hmm. trying to start educational pods. And I think 40 people got the grants to start these uh, um, low income educational pods. Well, they have a Facebook group where they're sharing every day resources. And um, as reason as reasonably intelligent as I think I am, um, I'm finding stuff out of that feed all the time, like mm -hmm. new new access to things, scholarships, um, access to things that I didn't know existed, um, free things, things that are free that I didn't know were free. Um, so I would I, I just want to throw that out there as one particular group that you can tap into. So mm -hmm. um uh, Miss Johnson, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not gonna do coming for Ray. This I know I love her too, but like I don't know what's happening right now. So, so <laughs> oh, congrats, congratulations, Bernita, who said that she's a winner of one of the grants. And hey, y'all, I haven't announced it publicly, and I'm not gonna give a bunch of details, but. In Oakland, I'm working with some philanthropy folks to try to give away close to $100,000 to actual parents, to actual people that's like focusing on literacy and just what they're doing in their homes. Like just we never tap into our greatest resources, which is people that's already doing it. And hopefully these grants can offer them some type of relief if they need like a new computer or something like that for their kid or whatnot. We're hoping that this could be really helpful. So um, I'm, I'm glad that that parent union is, is leading by example with that. Yeah, so not to like bring us onward, but to focus on this, like we got some affluent people out on Long Island that are doing this. Uh, where's my share? Uh, it's not sharing. Um, right. <laughs> you, we'll, we'll keep talking while you figure it out instead of doing the old man talk to yourself. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, yeah. Me, he's like me in the minivan. <laughs> you, you know, it's like it's like you know you ever see old people texting and they like <laughs> one finger and they point. 
It's not like that. <laughs> hey, but listen, these these parents out on Long Island, man, they're not having it. And so uh, basically what happened was um, uh, the school district was like, uh, we're going to give you a certain amount of days um, and we're going to give you these options. And these parents was like, nope. Hell no. We're going to be in school every day because at, at the end of the day, I'm paying twenty to $28,000 in property taxes and you're going to take these kids. Mm. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? Mm. I mean, I think, listen, man, I think this is what I think. I think that there's a lot of people that would generally have a lot of thoughts and opinions on what other people should do, especially those that have less power than them and mm. tend to look a different way. And I think that this moment crystallized the hypocrisy of those same people that said, don't, you know, put all your coins into like the traditional public school system, whatever. And as soon as stuff hit the fan, they spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for their kids. And the point that I'm making is I'm not even mad at them about it. Right. It's like, this is your child. You will do Anybody that you would give your life for, right? Like, I expect you to do everything in your power to make sure they're okay. So the first thing that I would say in relation to that, Ray, I want to give it to a parent. I want to give a message to our parents and stuff that's speaking. And I, and I won't take too long, I promise. But get that notion that you have to please other people outside of your home, around your kids, out of your head. We people like to talk as if there's this big, large team, like everybody's on the same team and everybody's getting the same playing time. And guess what? It's just simply not true. So there is a single mom right now busting her ass, trying to figure things out, has a few different options. And then somebody is coming down the hill who has got a private tutor for their kid and enough to pay for an apartment in that neighborhood telling you what you should do with your baby. So the first thing we got to start with is mindset. Like right now, this is a this is a survival moment. This is a moment that you have to tap into, you know, like every all those resources as a mother and as a father or whatever the case is. And I just I think that we have to have a, a conversation about our mindset first, because you shouldn't be feeling guilty about anything you do. That's for the betterment of your child, especially in this moment. I, I wasn't trying to be long winded, Ray. I just know that we have a lot of parents that watch us. And these union folks, these people get in their head and they be really conflicted because they're good people. And I just want to like, sometimes people just need permission. You know what I mean? You have full permission to do whatever's in your power to make sure your kids got what they need and that they're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, but listen, and, and I'm glad that you made that point. Uh, parents, if you're listening to us, doing what's in the best interest of your kid does not make you a bad person at all. Doing what's in the best interest of your kid makes you the ideal person. Mm-hmm. You so so in terms of like you know what these unions are doing I, because I, I know I know what they do. Like they play on the goodness of people, right? Mm-hmm. Because like if, if you look at it big picture, like yeah, teachers are needed, and yeah, we need to support teachers or whatever, but not at the detriment of your own kid. Like Absolutely. I'm not supporting anything over my kids, right? Because I know that teachers ain't gonna do that shit. They're not gonna put our kids before they put their own kids, right? So like at the end of the day, I'm gonna put my kids first and I'm gonna make the best decision for my kid. And I suggest every parent that's listening do that to make the decisions that are in the best interest of your children, not the best interest of other human beings that don't wake up and, and eat with you and, and, and frequent with you and do any of those things with you, make sure you're doing what's in the best interest of these babies because they need you right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So what's your thoughts, Chris? I know me and Ray kind of went in there, but... No, I mean, I think you guys said it all. Like, I don't care what other people are doing. I Like, listen, I'm a libertarian. <laughs> I believe in other people's rights to do dumb shit, right? So whatever you want to do with your children, I need to let you do that and not have any judgment or care about it so that you can give me the same courtesy and the same grace. Because I know for a fact what I want to do with my kids might be different than what you want to do. You want to go to school? Fine. You want to stay out of school? Fine. You want to do some sort of hybrid between the two or you want to share some uh, a house with some other folks to educate your kids privately? Whatever you want to do, you do that. I do me. You do you. And we'll all be OK. But what you guys are hitting it, the, the nail on has been a problem for too long, which is I want to move my kid out of this school. Well, what about the kids you leaving behind? Well, I, I I don't know what to tell you about that because I got to do for mine what I got to do for mine, right? Well, what you know what's going to happen to the other kids if you don't put them back in school again, and that per pupil doesn't come back to the school again? 
I mean, man, that sounds like a bad problem. Sounds like a bad problem for someone. I was about to say, it's like, you know, it sounds like a bad problem. Y'all have to figure that one out because my kids are going to do what my kids are going to do. This is what I want to say about this. You know, this, there are people that are watching a news station that I will not name that is telling, that is telling them every day that the science is wrong and that the science is bad. And because of that, I think we have a nation of people that are going to cause, they're going to cause wave after wave after wave of new outbreaks. Right. So for right now, what I think for my kids might be different than what you want to do. I don't think exposure to the little outbreak monkeys in school <laughs> is going to be uh, the, in the best interest of my kids, right? Like y'all could go to the Petri dish if you want to. Um, and you can fight for it too. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. You know, let's not play together, but I'm, I'm with you. I support you. And here's the yeah. thing. Cause people always say that we don't love teachers. We don't like teachers here. I have unconditional love for a very small group of people in my life. And if I had children, it would be children, but it's y'all's children, right? I, I, I love teachers, but there's a pyramid to this. But first I love students and their parents and their community first. And then I love teachers, you know what I mean? Like, and I just want to yeah. be very clear because somewhere along the line, we have recalibrated a system that was supposed to be serving actual people and families to being more about the workers than the folks that they serve. Now, everybody is important, but everybody is not of equal importance. I don't even and get it, Charles. I don't get it, bro. I, you know, this I, is the I, part I, I get. It over and over again. Well, I mean, this is the part I don't get. Like, why we always got to say, like, I love teachers. Well, I, I do love sick. I do. I, but who cares? I mean, like, I get sick <laughs> of it, bro. Like, like do, do we ever sit around and say, I love me some CPAs? I love CPAs. Yeah. I love accounting. I love tax attorneys. I, I love, you know, like, I love doctors. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? There are racist doctors, there are bad doctors, there are great doctors, there are lovely doctors, there are ugly doctors, or whatever you want it to be. It's a mix of things. It don't make no sense to sit around talking about how much we love teachers. Right. Teachers are doing some good stuff for us and they're doing some bad stuff for us. They're entire states where the teachers are like uh, not our friends. So I just I don't know. Here's why I say it. Right. One, it's true, especially if you're good at your job, right? But I think sometimes for people, it's almost a non-starter if you don't do this. It's like, you ever see where black people got to testify at church and they first got to give honor to God, then the pastor and everybody got to go through a line of people before they tell their story? So that's what this is, right? It's the altar of tradition. We are at the altar of traditional public schools, right? So first, giving glory and honor to the union, right, that don't care about your kids, right? But- but we got to stop all. that. We got to stop that. But the point that I'm making and is, so, yeah. and I, and I want to bring in this parent uh, comment, right? And, and and this person said, look, I got a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old home with me and my five-year-old's in a three-child pod outside of home for kindergarten. Like, th- this is a mom that is out here trying to, like, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, she don't have time, like you said, Chris, to check on the feelings of people getting paid. She ain't got time to like worry about a district and what they, how they getting stuff together when they was a mess before COVID hit, right? Like if you was a mess before the the pandemic, why would I expect you to be better right now? You know what I mean? And I think that like, so I'm so grateful for this show and, and, and us doing it because she needs to hear that stuff straight cut to the point from us, right? Like, look, so here's what you do. First, you need a plan. And like, this is your setup. That's her setup. Like plans are going to be different for each, each family, each home. And some kids got different needs. So first off, really get a true assessment of where your kids are. And I think that you should try to go on your Facebook groups and things like that. Talk to neighbors and see what type of pods are created, are, are available, what type of help that you can kind of get. A lot of things are free if, you, if money is an issue, but you got to start doing that research and you got to know your kids profile enough. Uh, so you can start to look for the right things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so <laughs> this is interesting. And I'm probably going to take some blowback in the, in the comments, but Hey, it's all good. I don't really give a shit. All right, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so have these teachers that we came, that we came for when we come in and we, uh, we, we uh, talk to the, the auto union. Is, mm-hmm. um, have them don't want to teach right now, period. So that means that they don't want to teach in person and they don't want to teach online either. And they mm-hmm. still want to be paid for it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they just want they just want time off. They don't mm-hmm. want to teach. They don't want to mm-hmm. do nothing. And I'm not just making this up. It's facts. Mm-hmm. And so, Detroit Public Schools they just uh, they just 
uh, signed on to strike, right? Man, Detroit shouldn't have been the first place to strike. <laughs> if mm-hmm. Ann Arbor was the first place to strike and then Detroit signed on with Ann Arbor, I would feel a little better. But Detroit Public Schools hasn't ever been good for black kids, mm-hmm. right? But then y'all striking. And so then I start asking myself questions like, well, damn, what's the dynamics of, of, of the teaching force in Detroit? Like, what's the makeup? Right. Yeah. And if the makeup is similar to the national makeup, then there we have our problem. That's the problem. Mm. Right. I mean, what I mean, so I know, Ray, we know what you've done, right? Like you got your kids go to your school, right? And like your son is like two grades ahead and about to be in college at 15 or some wonder boy shit, which is great. Like Chris, you have a, a pretty large family that 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 stretches over a span. So why don't you all just share? Let's just start there. Let's start with very personal experiences for you all. Again, this does not mean that all this stuff would work for you, but sometimes it's good to hear what other people are doing. And then we can cherry pick certain things out of it that everybody can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'll jump in. So my my daughter goes to my school. She goes to the Riverhead uh, Riverhead Charter School. And so we're doing a split session hybrid. And so what that means is um, we'll have uh, a group of students from K to five that are in on Monday and Tuesday. And then we'll have a group of students that are in on Thursday and Friday. Um, Wednesday is a deep cleaning day for us. And so that's uh, everybody's online on Wednesday. So it's mm-hmm. two days, then the virtual day, and then it's uh, the next two days for the, um, for the, for the other scholars. And so the rationale behind that is because we felt like uh, having grades K to five in person, you would get more out of their learning or whatever. And so we recreated everything with regards to the CDC guidelines in terms of uh, the smaller class sizes, the spacing, the PPE. We got teachers that have masks and double masks and um, wow, and all the things that they need in order to in order to be safe, feel safe. Right. And so we had um, unconventional conversations with our parents. Uh, we had a Friday session and then we had a Saturday session. Right. We had a Saturday session because, you know, most people don't work on Saturday. So we wanted to make sure that everybody had the opportunity to voice their concerns and have their questions answered. And um, that's an important part of this. It's like if you're not hearing from your teachers, you're not hearing from your parents, then none of that and none, nothing else is a go. Like you can't go forward if you don't have those stakeholders that are bought in in terms of what you're doing. So. It looks a little different for my son because my son is uh, is in an affluent school district uh, and I don't trust him. I know uh, normally when I walk in there, it's chaos, right? It's uh, it's it's people all over the place. I'm I'm, I'm certain that these these kids that don't look like him are not going to be wearing masks, and I fall in high risk, uh, which means that eventually he'll fall in high risk. God forbid. God, I hope he doesn't. But anyways. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get killed from from the negligence of a school that I don't run. Right. If that makes sense. And so, you know, he's pulling a 90 average. He's looking at uh, some colleges that I probably never could have got into. And so I'm proud of him. But that's what we're doing. Hey, and before you go, Chris, and thank you for sharing that, Ray. And you got a lot of love, man. And and I think, you know, one of the things that Ray said that I want people to really take is that Ray runs a school that he feels is good enough to put his own child in. And I, and Ray, this is more your point, but I do want to belabor it a bit, is that if you got people that run schools and their kids can fit into that school, like they're the appropriate age, and they won't even put their own kids in there, let me, that's like a cook that say, I, here go this food, but I'll never eat it. But anyway, uh, before you go, Chris, people, we need your help. We don't do a lot of promotion. We don't spend money on promotion, but we try to do this with word of mouth. So if you like what you hear, if this is helpful for you, please share it with a message, with a heartfelt message. So your friends will, will, will tap into it and get some of these resources and get the support. It'll help us out a lot. And if mm. you do, please let us know. Just put in the comments that you shared it. And we we could we'll really appreciate it. I, I'm sorry, Chris. I just wanted to do that plug before you went. 
No, I don't have anything important to say. I mean, like, uh, you know, my family is like a lot of families. We're having to figure it out. So the district gave us the opportunity to either come back on a reduced schedule or to go hybrid, like, you know, go two times, two twice a week and then do the rest uh, online. And um, and and the third option was to go 100 percent online. So that's what we're doing. We're going 100 percent online. Our kids are going to be um, trying that out. I have a plan B, though. I've spoken to um, to homeschooling experts. I've taken some some pretty detailed notes. I've got some resources lined up because last year at the end of the year, when um, when we were doing the homeschooling part, you, you, you all have heard me say this before. They were they were liking it. They were digging what we had put together for them. And then the district stepped in and started doing their distance learning and the kids instantly hated it. Like they, they didn't like it at all once it became the Google classroom with the people not teaching really and whatever. So that's what we're doing. We have a hodgepodge situation. They're definitely staying home. They're definitely staying out of harm's way. Um, as you can see, my house isn't without resources and whatnot. So we're going to try the district's distance learning first. But if we have to, we're going to move them into full-time homeschooling for the presumable future. I don't know who Dr. Vitti is, but apparently Dr. Vitti is shaming folks and saying that if you take your kid out or do a pod, you're taking money from the district while his kid or her kid goes to a paid private school. Just who one second. Uh, Bernita said <laughs> Dr. Vitti, DPSCD, so uh, probably... Uh, oh, the superintendent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, said if we are taking our money out, we're taking money from the district, but his child is in a paid private school. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that symbolic of the damn system? Isn't that what they do? Isn't that what they do? Right. We, damn, hey, Charles, I'm going to go to this comment, though. Go ahead, do your thing. Go ahead. I'll take my hand off of it. Go ahead. ahead. It really resonated for me, man, because I'm out here in beach territory. So so it says uh, that's not just in Detroit. Teachers don't want to work, period. Hell, I've seen a lot of teachers at crowded beaches, but hey, who am I? That's nuts, bro. Like, yo, you can go to a crowded beach? I know. I feel you. I, I he, And here, I, and I don't want the conversation to turn to be on parents. I mean, on, on teachers when we want to be showing these love for parents. But here's what I'll say if you want to flex some power. Because... I'm in Oakland and Chris is the one who brought the contract to my attention, that that terrible ass contract uh, that got signed. Here's what I think you should do as a parent and your kid is in traditional schools or you teeter between charter, traditional and private or whatever. Demand that negotiations be open. For what reason should public school negotiations be closed? Please tell me if you are the focal point, if you if, if you really matter, we're not talking about the NBA. We're not talking about the NFL. Mm-hmm. Anything that is in the public sector that's supposed to be serving those people. I, I would love for parents to hear what actually is said about them in these negotiations. In these negotiations, you will hear people saying that these parents are not smart enough to, to, to do stuff at home with their kids. Some of these parents don't care about their kids. Like uh, Chris has had people come to him face to face, nose to nose, say, well, I can choose a private school for my kid because I know better because I have these degrees and these people shouldn't have this type of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I lying? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, because they're not educated. That was the exact comment was. What was the comment? I'm, I'm, the comment was, I'm educated enough uh, to make these choices. You can't be giving that to people who are going to make bad choices, who are not educated enough to make good choices. But your point about the teachers union is like spot on, because a lot of times the teachers don't know what's going on in that Absolutely. contract. So in Oakland, as a matter of fact, once the teachers found out what what had been settled for, once what the union had been fighting for and settled for, they were upset. The teachers, the rank and file teachers were upset by the outcome. But your point at the beginning of this is right. It's it's funny. The system is set up to have us always go back to talking about the public employees that it's almost like a it's like a door you can't shut. Right. And right now, listen, what I want to say to parents is, listen, Charles has always told you that you're on your own. I've always believed him. Um, that's never been more true than now. But because of the way that I am, because I want the right to be me and say what I want to say and do what I want, what I want to do. You have the right to be stupid. Right. Like, so you have the right 
to continue pretending that these people are your allies and that you're friends and, and, and that they have your best interest in mind and that they're social justice people, they're social justice warriors and, and, and that they're for everything uh, that you, you you're for and, and that they, that, that they're down with your communities, even though they don't live in them and, and that they, um, they love these public education schools that they're working, even though they won't put their kids in them, you are free to continue going down that path. But what I would suggest that you would do is take your energy out of that silliness, which is really just madness and put it 110% on the question of what are you going to do this year for your child so that they don't fall behind. And you do have the power to do it. You live in one of the richest countries in the world. Our poor people are richer than they think that there are free resources all around us. It is not going to be easy. It is not going to be 100% fun. You didn't sign up for easy and fun when you became a parent. It is time for black belt parents to just stand up and do what you got to do. Right. There are times that's leadership. There are times in the, in the there are times where there are no easy answers. There are no easy pathways, but you just keep moving forward no matter what. But know who your real friends are. Know who know who the people who are really there for you. Let's stop talking about public employees as if they really are allies in crisis. Like we're in crisis right now. Are they allies to us right now? They are not. And let's stop talking about public employees as if they on par with your feelings for your kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, all that could be fine and dandy. I don't think I want everybody to be able to have a good life and thrive and do whatever they need to do. But if I'm talking about like random adults with degrees that that live a middle class life for the most part, and, and some of them do a really good job and some don't versus Chris's kids, Sharif's kids or Ray's kids. It's not even what are we talking about? That don't even make sense. It's, 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 it's like when they were if they were trying to eradicate slavery and they were just like, well, what about the slave masters? OK, now, listen, people, let me just what about them? Like, let's just let's we, I know this whole slavery thing, but let's talk about the people that that, that need that cotton, baby. Mm -hmm. No, right? That that shit sounds stupid. Every every one of y'all that leaves and goes up to Milwaukee and Chicago, whatnot. What about the slaves you left behind? What about the plantation? Right? Y'all can't just keep going up to Chicago. Good for you. Selfish. You're selfish. Why you want to do that? Why you want to leave your people behind in the South and go up there and do that? That don't make no sense. Why would you do that? You need to stay here with us. You need to stay here with us, right? In the South, right? Please. I mean, what kind of Jedi mind trick on us is that? Like to tell us to love prison. You should love the plantation. You should love prison. You should love being redlined into circumstances that nobody else wants to be in except for you. And it's the thing, Chris. I got heat for everybody. Listen, I don't care about your traditional public school. I don't care about your charter school. I don't care about your private school. I don't like right now. Right. If it's working for you, do what you do. If it's harmful for your kids, then you need to bring hellfire and you need to have other options ready to go. I am not. We we bang for these systems like we got crypt in or something like this is no, the blood and the crypts. No, no, let's be let's be clear about we because that not word we, is not very we. powerful. I'm in general, y'all, that's what you say. You say y'all. <laughs> about here. Just, let, me, right. let me jump in here. Yeah, yeah. Jump in here. Go ahead, man. All right. So, so, so we talked we talked before about you know the academy folks and them having the knowledge to uh, to make decisions for their kids over uh, regular uh, smegular parents making decisions over their kids. When I say regular smegular, I mean folks that haven't gone through the process of being uh, uh, defending a dissertation or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's what I want to say to that: it, it, those parents, regardless of however anybody else on the outside is viewing those parents. Those parents are experts. And you know what they're experts in? They're experts in their own children, right? Mm-hmm. And so if a parent comes to me and says, Ankrum, this is what I want for my child, then I have to respect what that parent is saying because that parent knows their child. Mm-hmm. That parent is the expert of their child. Mm-hmm. And so when people defend their dissertations and whatnot, like you're not a, you're not an expert in every area. You're an expert in what you defended your dissertation in. Right, so that doesn't make you an expert in everything. So I I, I just want to say this too. I read their dissertations. 
I read them. Yeah. I want y'all to go because it's good comedy. I want y'all to go read some of what these people are getting their degrees in, right? Because because some of them are getting degrees in shit like asexual shrimp farming, right? Like like it, it's crazy when you go to read. It, so you I'm can't you can't serious work. Bro, you're work. expert. You're expert. Asexual. You're a you're 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 an expert in asexual shrimp farming. But yeah, right. you're gonna come and tell me, and you're gonna come and tell parents where they should send their kids to school. I'll be right. damned. That's craziness. Okay. Anyways, parents are the experts of their kids, and so. Parents that are in these comments right now, y'all are the experts. Tell us what y'all want to know. Tell us what y'all want to talk about. I, I saw an IEP comment, Charles. I don't know if you saw Yeah, it. yeah. I'll, I'll go back to it. But basically, um, because there were some people that were dependent on the services that these schools had, and they're starting to lose them. Mm -hmm. So what Liz said was, can we discuss the mental health of our children, the lack of resources for children with IEPs now? Uh, and then the other part, her follow up was my son lost his therapist and speech teacher because of the pandemic heartbreaking. And I, I, I'll, I'll take a shot at this as again, I started my career as a social worker. You're in California, so I don't know if you have connections to the regional center. The regional center, for those that don't know, is basically an organization, a nonprofit organization that helps coordinate services for kids with special needs. Right. So they sometimes help you with. IEP stuff, they help you with respite care, they help you get a social worker and things like that. That's one option. I think the other option is you got to start getting online and kind of starting to see what's available. And some of this, a lot of stuff is going to be out of pocket, but there might be some people offering their services for free. And then third, take advantage of things such as Khan Academy, uh, uh, um, Kaya Henderson has a new thing. I, I'll get the link for it. I think it's the Reconstruction.us. Reconstruction.us. And I went in. Yeah. It's amazing resources it for free. And it's free. Khan Academy is free. And then there are mental health services that you might be able to find like that. I don't know them off the top of my head. I would try to find them and put them in the chat. Uh, but that just to answer that question, again, man, you are in this by yourself. You are in this alone. People will say nice words. They will go on and, and make declarations. They'll be angry on TV. But yet and still, your kid will be at home falling behind and you will continue to be stressed out because you are trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And now let me tell you all something else. Do you all know that the National Parent Union has given money to parents? got attacked by Diane Ravage and all these people because of where the money came from? Listen, let me tell you right now. I don't give a damn. I'm telling you right now, Charles Cole, I'm not, this whoa, is not whoa, whoa. Let me put, Let me put the spotlight whoa, on ahead. you. Go yeah. ahead. I'm telling you right now, if there's anybody that wants to give me money, unless they like mass murders or something like that, but if you want to give me money that I can pass through to give to actual parents that's struggling, to give to parents like Liz who said, look, I lost all these resources and they cost money still, I'm, I'll take whatever heat that is, yo. Like, I... I grew up in it. Stop it. It is. If we got to stop worrying about what other rich people got to think about and say about what we do in our communities when they're not giving you a dime, but they got three and four houses. You feel me? And I ain't mad at their houses. I just need you to step out of these black folks houses. You understand what I'm saying? So I just want you can take the screen off me. I just wanted to make that point because I was I so hard when I saw that. Because if any time for us to come together is now, this that's the shit you take or other people that's using the pandemic as a way to get charter schools out of their system. Like that's 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 what we doing with this moment. That's what let's, we let's just be let, let's just let, let's put a stake in the in the ground. OK, because we're going to talk about this again and we've talked about it before. So let's put a stake in the ground. Diane Ravitch, Carol Burris, Jeff Bryant, the Network for Public Education, Randy Weingarten, the unions, they don't matter. None of them matter. None of them. They are all anti-black and they are anti-black because they don't care about the eight million black kids walking into schools every day. They care about the white teachers walking into those schools because that's who they're for. That's their friends. That's their family. That's what they're doing. Let's stop pretending that they're they're about education. They're not. They're about white power. They're about uh, control. They're about the money, about who gets it and where it goes. So they will come and bring us heat for everything we do all the time. We have to stop it. Just just stop this nonsense. But it doesn't stop with them. Let's also put a stake in the ground. For the people of color, the black folks, the semi-black folks, the folks that want to get all up in Diane's grill and be all up in her house, having all the like, have her writing forwards to their books when they write a book and, you know, smiling for her with the cameras and all of that stuff, too. 
we have to go after our own also. They got to be out the family, right? Anybody who doesn't come with any solutions for our children every single day should not have anything to say. You should not have Diane Ravitch and Carol Burris and the Network for Public Education and Save Our Schools and Parents Across America and all the white women groups that are basically white women support groups nationally for the imprisonment of black children in these starter prisons that they are calling public education. Let's just talk and start terms. Let's just be straight up and real because you can write as many books about education history as you want. You can give as many speeches. You can show up as on as many NAACP panels if, as, as you can buy. But until you show up right now with a solution for the 8 million black children to not fall behind in this next year, you are irrelevant if you don't have that that solution. So I just want to put a stake in the ground because we're going to keep talking about Diane Ravis. She's going to keep talking about us. She has a real penchant for me. She loves me. Something, something fierce. She loves me like she like I live rent free in her head. So like like. So what? You so what? You don't, like, you don't like where my money hey, came she's, from? She's, right? she's, she's cheating on you right now. She's cheating on you. Really? Yeah, is she? I mean, yeah. I mean, damn. She's cheating on you. Well, you I mean, with, uh, with, 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 uh, with, with Perry. Oh, my God. Who? Andre Perry. With, uh, yeah, yeah. Julian, <laughs> Julian Helix Vasquez. <laughs> with, um, you know, listen, listen, the plantation hey, yeah, will get, always I have this comment, people, though. I, you know, so. So we wait, wait, wait real, real, Ray, get to, get to that comment, but real so, quick. Uh, it, but 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 Christina put her after this, just put Christina's email back up because that lady was in uh, yeah, California no. and she can get help from Christina about the IEP stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do. All right, so this is Miss Thompson Jackson. She says, I'm a teacher and I'm not going into the building to harm others. I work in Maryland. I have no windows and we have over 2,500 kids in our building. There are many resources for parents. They don't use them. We have a website full of resources and parents don't use them. All right, so uh, Miss Thompson Jackson, here's what I'm going to say to you about your building uh, with 2,500 kids. If you have school leaders or superintendents that are that did not come up with a strategic plan in order for some of those kids to come in the building on A day, B day, C day, D days and minimize the risk for uh, for each other to pass COVID and for teachers to pass it or whatever, then you damn right. You shouldn't be in those schools. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people that that plans have gone into effect to minimize uh, COVID risk. And then you still saying you don't want to work? That's the people that I'm talking about. I mean, if people, if, if, if you got adults that, that run districts that are being negligent towards your health, negligent towards uh, students' health, I don't want you guys to be in that building. I absolutely don't. But I do want y'all to, to be doing everything that you can in order to help parents access materials, not just saying that it's on the website. Parents need more than it just being on the website. That's like putting it in, that's like we put it in the backpack. But then, we sent you a memo in the backpack, right? Like, like, I mean, maybe people didn't get the memo. You're going to hear a lot of this, though, Ray. Like, as we bring up this parent thing, you said earlier that parents are the experts. You know what is usually said when you make a point like that by a lot of people. They're either going to say it or they're thinking it. By white is, people. Well, they say not. Some of our own folks will say stuff like, well, I work with a lot of our parents and a lot of our parents don't know anything. I mean, a lot of our parents are really kind of and, you know, slide in every stereotype possible because I work with our parents and and I have some sort of insight on them and blah, blah. So they will concur with the idea that our parents are hamstringed by ignorance. Right. And don't know a lot. Um I tend to not believe that just simply because when I worked on the social services side with parents, I knew a lot about the parents that the school didn't. The school was completely ignorant about the life of the parents and what they had going on the other side. And I knew that they were intelligent and smart and they were having a hard ass time with your dumb ass schools. Right. But people are going to say it. These parents are not, you know, I I work with a lot of parents who don't care. Let me say something, you know, bro, listen. So you so a lot of so I say this all the time. Right. It's like parents get judged through the lens of the middle class. Right. So like Mm -hmm. we judge a lot of black and brown parents based off of what the affluent parents are doing. When you look at the scholarship, you look at the literature and whatnot, the literature on parent involvement and parent engagement is all based off of the middle class premise. Right. And so what I'm saying to black folks Black school leaders, uh, black people that are in charge, you got to meet our parents where they are, right? Mm -hmm. You got to show them that you're invested in their kids. Once you show them that you're invested in their kids, then they will turn over backwards in order to meet you, in order to do more for their kids. But right now, we're we're dealing with a whole lot of distrust for a system that ain't never did shit for us. 
I mean, like if I just think about Minneapolis, Minneapolis public schools tries to send stuff out to parents all the time. They do these special nights for different groups of parents, like, you know, African-American night or whatever. You know, they do these different nights. And then when nobody shows up, they get mad, you know, and they basically blame the parents. Now, I can think about three different people in Minneapolis who can fill a room with black parents if we if you need them to. And they don't look like and sound like most of the people that the district hires. They don't look nothing like who the district hires. But I remember when I needed to fill a room with people, there were people in the community who could make that happen and there were people in the school district who couldn't, right? Um, that tells me a lot about like what schools need to do and, and, and if they're if they're getting to people. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Crazy, and <laughs> It's just crazy, it's man. Crazy. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, listen, man, like they, if they want to look at the lowest of us, right. And then they, they want us to, they want to look at the lowest of parents, but always want to look at the highest of teachers, right? Like you want to like find a few parents that you struggled with. Right. But then you want to find a few teachers that got some success stories. And then that's, that's supposed to speak for the field. I'm sick of this, man. Like if, if you don't, if I don't know what more evidence you need in this moment to like, don't wear a jersey for none of these systems. Like wear a jersey for your family and for your kids, right? And like wear a jersey for proficiency, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> wear I mean, a jersey for proficiency. Because I got a bone to, I got a bone to pick with you. Speaking of proficiency. Oh, uh, here we speaking go. Speaking of proficiency. What? So what? You, you, what? you put a you put a post in, you put a post, you put a, a teacher post uh on Twitter, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you tag you tagged us. To make us feel bad about ourselves. So this this teacher, she was dropping bars, and yeah, her eight bars was tough. But then somebody else dropped in the comments that uh the school, the overall school is a D. <laughs> so as many bars as you drop, it, which is six million views. I mean, if you gonna fail, at least you're gonna fail with with some style, I guess. I mean, I get I don't know what the school was. I did give you all a hard time because that principal lit it up. She put out something that, that I'm sure was the teacher. Was the teacher uh, like something that I know that that the parents could understand? Like I I know she she was articulating things in a way that parents could understand. I'm pretty sure about that. But you may be right. You may be right. We do have to come back always to proficiency. And Charles, like, I want to see a, I want to see people wear a jersey for proficiency. I want to see people have a rally or a riot. I want to see people burn some shit down if people aren't proficient. Because I'm sick of this um, not basic, approaching basic, kind of basic, getting closer to basic, a little over basic, almost proficient, kind of proficient. Man, you got all these different levels (laughs) when really there's only one goal it's proficiency right and we don't (laughs) we don't fight for it we don't keep it in mind we have all this other political stuff that like we want to talk about but we don't keep it in mind that like if (laughs) those scores tell me an awful lot about where people are going they tell me they're like they're they're prophecies they tell me about your future (laughs) Mm -hmm. so there's there's one more thing that, go ahead. I'm sorry, Charles. No, no, go ahead. There's one more thing that, that scares the hell out of me in terms of like back to school, and I don't think that it's being talked about enough. Um, these school buses. And so a lot of the school, a lot of the uh the, the, the districts that uh that that uh partition out their 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 school busing in order to get the kids to school, these these bus companies are saying that we're not in charge of students wearing masks. The bus drivers are not in charge of student social distance. So parents, if your bus company is saying this, my advice to you is do not put your kid on that bus because if you're putting your kid on that bus, you're putting your kid at risk. Make sure you have conversations with these bus drivers prior to, to make sure that they are enforcing social distancing, that they're cleaning their buses after each run, and that they're doing all the necessary things that they need to do in order to keep your kids safe. Don't just put your kids on the bus because at the end of the day, you may be clearing your house out and you may be able to breathe, but shit, if COVID comes back to your house, you ain't going to be breathing for too much longer. So you need to make the necessary precautions in order to make sure that everybody is safe. But you're just making the point, man. Again, y'all, how many more examples do you need that you on your own? Bro, bro, like, y'all know I was messed up in that storm, Chris, and y'all <laughs> caught up on me. Let me tell you what happened the day of, okay? And none of us knew. So if you're not watching the news, you don't even know the storm is really coming, right? The city, the village that I live in came and cut off all the trees that were hanging into the street. 
and then touch the other side. They only did their property, right? And we we're like, wait, what's going on? And can you cut back my tree? To which they said, no, unless it's about to hit a power line. And then we had a, 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 a storm that had our power off for five days. Like we, we had a system come in and take care of everything they need to take care of for them uh, and not do or do an explanation or have some sirens or nothing for these people. And you seeing the same thing in education. Listen, man, we are dealing with a pandemic that is serious enough to let convicts out of jail, which they should have been. And then in the next week, we are negotiating that kids should be back in person. Be like, it makes no sense, man. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm just, I don't, I don't have, I, I'm done for the show. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> these people don't care about you, man. But this is the thing, we want to believe in something so bad, right? We want to, like, be able to trust something, man. You want to feel like you got a partner. And I know y'all feel tired. I know you feel alone. And I know it sucks. But we don't have to be alone. If we come together, and L. Michelle Johnson just said this, you know, there are programs out there, but some of y'all make too much money for the program. So it's like, but wait, I ain't rich. I just make more than $30,000 a year. Right. And it's like, well, I'm now I'm iced out of this. We need our people, our resources, black people with these degrees, with this experience that does what Chris is doing and what Ray is doing. We need a place where any of us can go, regardless of how much you make, just as a set of resources, because you can't. I mean, every time we talk about this, though, I come back Damn, to the I'm same sorry. point, Charles. I come back to we don't have leadership. Like like right now, we have lots of infrastructure. We have budgets. We have lots of people that run things. We really do. We have a lot of people that run things. Black people are, in America are not poor. The United States, Black people in the United States of America have access to a lot. <laughs> and we only have 8 million kids. We could be educating 8 million kids. And we could be helping a lot of families and supporting families. But what's the Black agenda right now? Right now, at this very moment, as you're saying all of that, Charles, what's the black agenda? Who owns it? Who's leading it? Who put the planks in the platform of it? Are we just taking a Democrat and a Republican agenda? Are we just taking an integration agenda so we just ride on the coattails of other people's agenda? Right now, I just saw somebody, Bernita, just in here said, before we get out of this, we're going to have to be talking about some financial assistance to people, which is something I think is a smart idea. We need to be talking about something in my mind. This is me and I've been saying it already, um, like universal uh, basic income. Um, families are not going to be able to ride this out. I think that should definitely be in the black agenda, the black platform, something that we're already fighting for. Right. Um, Y'all know who I enumerate every time I say this. NAACP, the UNCF, the National Urban League, the National Baptist Convention, Jack and Jill, the for fraternities and sororities, all the Greeks, Knock it off. you know, all the Greeks, all the Greeks, right? All the black executives, the black chamber, the black association of, of um, school educators, Thurgood Marshall Association, which is over the public uh, HBCUs. I mean, listen, man, we're not without infrastructure. We're not without um, we got we got money, we got budgets, we got infrastructure. We just don't have any coordinated networked leadership. And that is a shame. That is exactly what the enemy would want you. That's where the enemy would want you to be in 2020 after years and years and years of being capitalized of like having we have something. We just don't have an agenda. We definitely don't have a black agenda. Man, Chris, I think you Bro, said it. Uh, money got to follow the kid. Mm hmm. That should be in the black agenda. That, 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 that should be in the black so, agenda. So that's, that, that definitely should be in the black agenda because, like, right, think yeah. about this, right? That, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's our next show because Nicole just said we need to write the black agenda. We've talked about writing our own thing. Chris has actually brought us all together in a big group, started writing, and then we just couldn't get it done. Next, next show, next week, we will have points of our agenda. Yeah, but before we get to putting us on the hook to have to do it. So I'm not agreeing to that. And uh and, and, I mean it don't have to be perfect, right? But if we are come with five <laughs> points, right? Like if we like we should really be able to like go through a list and say, because it's don't it, this the this is the thing, right? The black agenda shouldn't be a million things, it should be like three to five things that we can like really get behind and really like you know, and not get splintered and all this stuff. 
You know, I mean, that's what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as the Black Lives Matter stuff started to get traction, there was a there was a few people inside that organization that wanted to take it and shift the focus to something else. And then, you know what I'm saying? And then people like, wait, I don't know. Do I, I just kind of episode, Charles. I mean, but you know what? That should have like, been the next like, episode. I get it. We could write it, but that ain't the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like That's what? I wrote about I wrote about this last year. Obama could call a meeting, and in that meeting could be Robert Smith and Oprah and, and uh Melanie Hobson. These are people with billions of dollars. In Jordan, that meeting could be Michael Lomax, Michael Lomax from the UNCF and uh, Mark Morial from the, the from the Urban League, um, and Derek from Derek Johnson from the NAACP. If Obama called that meeting, they would come. And I could keep doing, going down the line. I wrote about this last year. If Obama called that meeting and said, we are the leadership of black people in the United States, we got money, we've got education systems, we've got infrastructure, budgets and people. Let's get to it. The world would take that seriously. I'm not saying that they won't take us seriously. Cause I take us seriously. You're damn right, they're gonna take us serious. Yeah, you know, they, they, like, they're definitely gonna take us seriously. Yeah, we, we got a congressional show, black bro. caucus, right? We got a congressional black caucus. What's the black agenda? Yeah, but bro, but we talk to the we talk to the common folk, bro, and that's the folk that they don't talk to, right? So the people that are in our audience, those, those aren't those aren't like heavy politician folks. They come to us to get knowledge and, 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 and to be blessed, bro. So like that, we definitely should do that show. But we should also talk about money following a child. Because if we look at per people funding, right, and we look at the crisis that we're in right now, if money was following the child, would it really be a crisis? So I'm sick of people caping for these public schools and caping for these monopolies or whatever, talking about, oh, your kids should be a sacrificial lamb so that kids in the future, fuck them kids. Listen, I'm worried about my kid right now. <laughs> Let's do this. Wait I'm a second. On my kid right up. Yo, hey, you got the full screen. <laughs> yo, listen. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, yo, I might have slipped, but uh, listen, I'm aggressive right now when it comes down to like my kids and what they deserve and what they get. And so, therefore, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not willing to sacrifice my kids. I don't want you to sacrifice your kids for what could happen in the future. We're talking about now. So therefore, you know, what they're saying is, man, because you got, look at this, you got generations of people that have failed in these public schools, right? I'm talking family cycles of poverty because of things that they have endured in these public schools, right? And you mean to tell me that I don't have a choice to not say that I don't want my, I don't want my son or my daughter to go through the shit that these people have had to go through? Man, y'all crazy. I'ma pick the I'ma pick the school that's best for my kid. And why stop at the and per pupil, bro? That's best for y'all's kid. Why stop at the huh? per pupil, right? Like, like why stop at the per pupil? So, you know, the average per pupil is like 16K. So give every parent the 16K and let them become consumers with it, right? Like you now you've got this this voucher. Go go take it and do something with it, right? But there are a whole there's a whole nonprofit industrial complex that gets paid every day to to administrate the poor, manage the poor. That's what they are. They're they're poverty managers. Um, so take the money from the poverty managers and give that direct to the people in poverty too because obviously what everybody says is poverty is about not having money so why don't we just go ahead and give all the human social services money uh directly to people and let them decide how they're going to spend it to better themselves and the same thing with the public education money now that's a thought exercise it ain't gonna happen anytime soon but i know people would stop being poor pretty quick because that's not an insignificant amount of money that's actually right. a pretty significant it's amount of money. money. Right. It's, you it's know, a lot of damn money. I, I, y'all are both bringing it, man, and this has been a blessed show. And hey, I'm gonna say this, right? Most people that say money ain't everything and money don't don't won't make you happy tend to have money. That's right. I will say this: when I was homeless, <laughs> that's right. Money would have fixed every mm-hmm. problem I mm-hmm. had Absolutely. at that moment. Absolutely. Money can buy you happiness and love. Money can buy you love. It can buy you happiness. It can buy you whatever you want. It can. It can. Leave it, people. When people say that to you, what they're saying is you too broke to have existential problems because your basic needs ain't met. So when we have these conversations about money, pay attention to the people that are saying money don't matter and how much money they tend to have because it don't matter to them. Uh, versus these people that's in these comments where money actually fixes a lot of stuff. A lot of people that's stressing like, yo, my kid IEP issues or whatever. 
when I was a social worker, there were people that did respite work and some that got paid a little bit more that could do everything in that IEP and come to your house and knock it out. And they cost $40,000. You know what I mean? There are for the person that's like, yo, I got these three kids. They in different grade levels or whatever. Money can actually fix and work out a lot of stuff around having an actually good good tutor. So so there are people that's making a lot of money that's trying to actually find out where Chris gets his money. But people never sent their kids to be next to your kids. They actually all went to private schools. And even Elizabeth Warren, who y'all love and I appreciate, lied in parents faces and said that I didn't never send my kid to a private school when a quick Google search showed that that wasn't true. These are the same people, and I like Bernie Sanders and I like Liz. I really want my loans to go away if y'all are hearing this. But Bernie Sanders is rich as fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like these people that's hollering this stuff don't believe it they self, man. And they don't want their kids sitting next to yours. They need you to be broke so they can have money. Listen, man. If money don't matter, give me yours. Exactly. Let's settle this. Like, let's settle it. It don't matter. So give me yours. Right. So let's try to get this money into people's hands, y'all. That's like right. as, as stuff comes up, we'll post it in the group. Uh, Toya has an amazing fan page. If you're not a part of the fan page, the friends of the friends teachers, it's a whole long name of eight black hands. If somebody could put it in the group, that would be great. Please join it because parents are in there and they are making connections. That's the last thing I'm going to leave you with. Make you some friends from this show. Connect with a parent because a group of five parents can shut a whole school down, baby. Y'all can you can build something like when them people told Chris, check this out. The principal don't run this school. We run this school like it was a group of empowered white people. (laughs) You know what? You can do that, too. If you got people that got your back, man, like this is a power game. All this is about power. It's about it ain't about your kid learning. It ain't about safety. It ain't about us being one country. It ain't about some altruistic love. It ain't about none of that shit. It's about power. Hey, you see her shout me out. You see her shout me out right there, baby. Hey, Charles, read that. What are you talking about? I'm not reading that out loud. Sorry, I'm I went to one of these schools. I don't I don't my reading is not up to hey. par. <laughs> Uh, poor people have an agenda that's quite different from others. That's why there are black Republicans. You bet your ass. I guess you, you and that boat alone. But uh, <laughs> but oh, we close out, I know we're at time. Uh, Sharif is is fine. Uh, he's dealing with some personal stuff. We just ask that you continue to keep Sharif and his family in prayers. We definitely wanted to be here tonight, but there are some things that superseded tonight. So uh, he's fine. He wanted y'all to know. Uh, you know, he sent us a, a word to let us know he's good, and uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. And if not, we'll just keep praying for him. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet. So, hey, let's let's uh, let's go into our closing thoughts, man. Breezy, we'll start with you, sir. First of all, I want to say we got to stop using Periscope because all Periscope brings to the show is white supremacists who want to leave dumb comments <laughs> <laughs> on the show. So we got to stop it. Like, actually, Periscope. one of our most active parents today came out of Periscope. So well, we got. I hope that parent beat down the, the the handful of white supremacists that keep keep coming to the show. Um, listen, like, listen. My my bottom line is this: um, let's stop talking about everybody else in the world who doesn't matter. It's about you and your child. You have the power. You have the ability to use whatever you have. You may not be perfectly resourced. You may not have everything that you need, but you you do have a lot more than our ancestors ever ever had. You're, you're, you're not fighting on empty um, and you're not exactly coming from zero in this fight. You do have to have a plan. You do have to do a lot of kind of like connecting with people and being like an investigative reporter, figuring out what it is that you're going to do. You're not going to know it all right away, but it's on you. Right. The government has given you your children back. The government has told you there's nothing we can do for you right now, except for put your kids in the circumstances that look very dystopian and, uh, or, you know, into situations where they're going to die or they're going to bring something home that kills you. So that being the case, you don't really have a choice except for to be the ruthless guardian of your child's intellectual development right now, which means you're going to need to have a plan, pull together some resources, network with other people and, um, and do the best that you can. And don't beat yourself up on any mistakes that you're going to make along the way. Cause listen, you were putting them in a system that is one big mis- mistake itself. So at least, at least you got them out of that system and maybe something better will happen for you. That's my final so, word. Hey, Chris, before uh, somebody uh, asked a question, I don't Charles. know the name. 
Yeah, Chris, who you just said last time uh, that there was somebody giving out per pupil money to parents directly, and they were just asking who that person was because some of them wanted to go do research on it. Uh, there's nobody giving it out per pupil right now. There's a bill that has been written to give parents the let the money follow them wherever. They, yeah, Rand Paul has a bill right now uh, called the School Act, S-C-H-O-O-L Act. Um, and I would definitely tell people to check that out. Um, okay. Please. I just want to make sure that got answered. Yeah, mine is simple, man. Um, Stop looking for love from these systems. Stop looking for love from your political leaders. Stop looking for matters of the heart from them. This is about power and this is a negotiation. A campaign is a negotiation. All right. Like so come to the table ready to negotiate, not looking for love. All right. If you're looking for love, get a partner. Go hug your mama if she's alive, but like not to these schools and these leaders. You have to demand what you need. And like if y'all knew how powerful you were, if every black parent just said on the same day, we're not sending our kids to school for a week. This system would bend over backwards after because it can't arrest all of you. If just five of you do it, you're going to jail. Right. (laughs) But uh, because that's what they do to black parents. They threaten them when they try to put their kids in other schools. They tell people like my mother who had a record that she would go to jail if she got caught using the wrong address. They have Mm -hmm. black moms in jail for five years for using her father's address so her kid could go to a better school. Is this the system that 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 we saying is good enough for our kids? Is that what we doing? Because I promise you, my kids won't deal with it. And I don't give a damn what you or anybody else got to say. Fight me. Shoot me. Do something. But I'm responsible for the people that I create and we keep looking for love, look for resources. Mm. Don't fight him either, folks. He said fight him, but don't fight him because you're going to catch eight <laughs> black hands. You're going to catch eight black hands. You think you're going to be jumping on one, you could be eight eight black hands. <laughs> so, so my final thoughts are, are, are very simple, right? So like we should, uh, we, next week our show is The Black Agenda, but uh, before we even get there, I think one of the things that we should do is we should we should strike. Parents should strike. And you should strike right before Bed's Day. And so for those of you that don't understand what Bed's Day is, Bed's Day is the day that uh, they count the enrollment to receive the state funding from whatever state you're in. And if your child is not on roll that day, then they're not counted towards the per pupil funding and that money is so like a week before homeschool your kid just say you know what i'm a, i'm a, i'm gonna a homeschool my kid for about a week right and then you can make the choice to put your kid back in school after that week but that funding they won't receive right and then they'll start listening to y'all they will definitely 100% start listening to you then right and so my my next point is money follows the child mm-hmm. and and so that gives you a level of agency and that gives you a level of choice in terms of where you want to send your kid to school. Look into vouchers, look into, you know, all these programs that we're going to talk about next week for the black agenda, um, because I want your kid to be in a perfect school for your child, not the perfect school for people that want to tell you what the perfect school should be. You're the expert of your kid. Uh, live with that, own that and make the best decision for your kid. All right, folks, y'all have been listening to uh, the A Black Hands podcast. Please uh, like us, share us, heart us, smile us, cry us, thumbs up us, whatever us y'all want to do. And uh, <laughs> Don't put a thumb up us, folks. Please don't. <laughs> it, ain't that, it ain't that type of show. Just don't listen to me. Oh, my God, man. We'll check y'all out next week, man. Night, my God. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Eight Black Hands One. Thank you for listening.